I'm News Nation senior national correspondent Brian Enton, and every week I'll take you behind the scenes of my life on the road, working on the stories that you care about the most. Here's where I'll share all the great interviews that don't make the final cut and tell you the stories behind what you're seeing on News Nation every day. It's all part of the puzzle I'm putting together to keep you informed. This is Enton Across America. Hey, everybody. Hope you're having a good week. Uh, I've got a really just a heartbreaking story to talk about today. It hasn't gotten a lot of national media coverage. I didn't even know about it. But basically, the mother uh, of um, of Jason Paholik, who is a, a young man who was killed in Indiana, reached out to our, our newsroom and, and said that she wanted to get in touch with me to, to share what happened with her son. So I called her and it's really like a story unlike um, anything I've ever covered. And, and the reason she wanted to talk to me really caught me by surprise. But um, here's, here's a little bit of the backstory. Um, Jason uh, Paholik and his lifelong best friend, Denver Johnson, they'd been best friends, really more like brothers, according to the family, teenagers. Back on May 27th, they were at a bonfire in Crown Point, Indiana, a um, bunch of young people hanging out, messing around outside. Uh, Denver jokingly pointed a gun, um, according to reports, at 16-year-old Jason and shot him in the chest. And Jason died. Uh, the incident was actually captured on uh, like a ring camera. And um, both mothers, of Jason and Denver, uh, have seen the video. Denver uh, said the shooting was an accident, that he believed the firearm wasn't loaded, that they were just messing around. Um, and uh, Jason, the victim's mother, is very close with Denver too because they, you know, the, the two teens were best friends, um, believes that story, uh, believes that it was an accident. Doesn't think that Denver shouldn't face consequences for what happened, but, but doesn't think it was murder, believes it, it was an accident. She has seen the video. Uh, and at first, um, Denver was charged with reckless homicide. But the mothers um, say that later the charge was upgraded to murder and Jason's mom says that that was without any sort of explanation from prosecutors. And, and Jason, the victim's mom, is very upset that the charge was upgraded to murder and says that it, it wasn't murder in her eyes and that her son wouldn't have wanted Denver to be charged with murder. And she also doesn't believe that Denver should go to jail for the rest of his life. I mean, again, she thinks there should be some consequences, but she lost her son. She says she doesn't want to lose her son's best friend. So the whole s situation I found really um, interesting, heartbreaking, but also just interesting because these two moms have now teamed up together, which I've never really seen a situation like that, where the victim's mom and the suspect's mom have now teamed up to try and get this murder charge downgraded. So I interviewed the moms together, um, and th there's an interesting side to this story that I'm going to tell you after I play this interview for you. And th these moms now can't really talk because of this gag order, or at least they don't believe they can necessarily talk. There's a gag order that went into effect after I did this interview, but I've got the interview, so I'm going to play it for you um, with these two moms, and it sort of sheds a little light on the situation. Take a listen. Both of those mothers, Jason's mom, Jennifer Paholik, and Denver's mom, Amanda Eby, uh, join me now exclusively uh, in their first TV interview together. Um, Jennifer and Amanda, um, thank you, thank you so much for being with me, Jennifer. Um, first of all, I'm I'm so sorry um, about 
the loss of your son. I, I can't, can't imagine what you're going through, but I'm not sure I've ever really seen anything like this. I mean, Jennifer, you're sitting next to um, the mother uh, of the boy who, who killed your son, but you wanted to do this interview and you wanted to do it together. Jennifer, tell me why that was important to you. Because I know that Denver didn't do this on purpose and he shouldn't be charged with murder. Him and Jason were best friends and it's it's not fair. It's it just does not it does not sit well with me at all. It just makes this it's already tragic, it's already horrible. I just feel like this is just making it so so much worse. And there's so many people that are hurting because of this. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're Jason's mom and you did not want him charged with murder uh, based on what you know about the case. Do we know why they upgraded the charges, Jennifer, uh, to murder? Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. They told me that if I watched a video that I would understand, and I still don't understand because I've watched the video and and I know I know them and and I am not nobody has convinced me that Denver killed my son, that he purposely murdered him. There's no way it was yeah he was. I mean, these guys are immature. I, they're, he should have never had a gun in the first place. And they thought it was a toy, and he didn't even know it was loaded. And they're playing around like it's a toy. And um, let me ask you, um, Amanda, just, how, did the, how did the kids get the gun? Um, you know, Jennifer says they never should have had it in the first place. How, how, how did they have the gun? Um, so the gun was actually gifted to my son, Denver, um, right on his 18th birthday from his boss. Um, he was gifted it, and it, apparently that is now um, something that's legal here in Indiana, as you can gift anybody. Anybody can gift an 18-year-old um, a gun. And you've seen the video. I think it was a ring camera um, in Jennifer's backyard that that showed the incident. Um, we don't have access to the video. Obviously, police have the video. Uh, but but Amanda, what what does the video show? 
Um, I So I do have um, all six hours of the video, and I've watched it extensively several times to see exactly what occurred and what had happened and how we could get to this point. Uh, in the video, it does show, you know, the boys hanging out, um, their group of friends all having fun, partying around a bonfire, um, being reckless teenagers as all boys or teenagers can be. Um, there's a lot of a fair extensive amount of alcohol consumed and um, marijuana, um, kids just being kids and uh, they were shooting um, the gun at the back of the property line. Um, all, all of the children were, and again, using it as a toy, dancing with it, taking pictures with it, waving it around in the air. Um, and you do see in the video, uh, the part that they don't want to show you is that Denver does make the gun safe several times that evening. Um, but the very last time that Denver was given the gun back after it had been shot, he accidentally made the gun safe in the incorrect order. So with that particular gun, um, you have to remove the clip and then clear the chamber. And he mm. mistakenly cleared the chamber and then removed the clip. So he thought the gun was safe and they continued to play around with it and wave it. And, you know, Jason was even dancing in front of it at one point and they were pretending like, you know, they were, he was getting shot and then just that Last time there was, you know, when he actually pulled it that time, there was actually something in there. I, I got to ask you, Jennifer, as, as you sit next to Amanda, I mean, you're so you're so calm. Um, is there, There's got to be anger there, though, because you, even if this was um, an accident, um, you know, your son is still gone. And I, I would think you'd you'd still want of someone to pay I'm the price in some angry. way. I'm very angry, but I, I don't blame. I, it's I do I do believe that Denver does have to, has responsibility in this. That is for sure. But not to be charged with murder. He did not murder my son. He didn't even voluntarily manslaughter my son. And those are the only two options that are on the table. I'm angry with the person that gave Denver the gun because. I know Denver, and this guy knew Denver, and I know there's no way that Denver should have ever had a gun. He was never educated at all. He didn't grow, he didn't have, like, uh, he didn't grow up around guns. He just, he literally had no business with a gun. If I had known that he had a gun, I would have taken it away. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, and, and you know, and yes, Denver, and, was, and Denver was, Denver was, was, Oh, sorry, I don't want to interrupt you. What were you saying, Jennifer? No, please, go ahead, Brian. No, I was just going to say, um, 
Denver was out on bond, but when the charge was upgraded to murder, he's now behind bars. And it's it's my understanding that that he's actually reached out to you on the phone directly, Jennifer. Um, what what has he said? Of course, he has told me how sorry he is, um, how much he loves me, how much he misses us. Um, he wishes that he could go back. He he actually he wants. He wants to be able to advocate and, and speak to others and other children about guns and what they can do and how serious it is. So it doesn't, this doesn't happen to somebody else. Um, what would be fair, Jennifer? I mean, you obviously are against the murder charge. He faces yeah. 60 years, but what, what would be a fair, a fair sentence for you? Or, you know, how, how, how would you like to see this resolved? I would like to see the charges be back to the original charges of reckless homicide and because he is going to have to serve time because he did do this and he does have to pay consequences for his actions. Yeah. Well, we, we reached out we reached out to prosecutors um, wants him to pay. Sorry, I don't mean to keep interrupting you. There's a little delay. Um, we, we, we reached out to prosecutors um, to find out what was going on behind the scenes, like why they upgraded the charges. Uh, they, they didn't return our call. Hopefully we'll, we'll get more information on that um, soon. Um, but, but Jennifer and Amanda, um, thank you both for, for coming on. I know this is a really difficult situation for both of you in different ways, but it's, it's a really powerful story, and uh, I really appreciate you both coming on tonight. And thank you for thank having you. us. And and letting us be heard. We'll stay on top of it, Jennifer, and see how this um, this all develops from here. So you can see really, really heartbreaking. Um, I really feel for for Jason's mom and Denver's mom, too. It's, it's a sad situation. It was interesting interviewing them together. But what really surprised me is after we did this interview, uh, the prosecution filed a motion in the case requesting a gag order and actually citing our interview in the court documents and saying that the parties involved should not be allowed to talk about the case, worried about tainting the jury, which I thought was kind of interesting because, this, again, this case really hasn't received, I don't think, any national attention besides our interview. Not a ton of local news attention. So it's just, I don't know, it sort of surprised me that they were concerned about um, tainting the jury just based on a couple of stories. But there's now a gag order led to a lot of confusion with the moms. They don't know if they're allowed to talk anymore. Um seems like Jason's mom probably still could talk about some things, but they they feel silenced from what I'm told. This gag order that's now gone into effect after we did that interview, which it is kind of interesting, like why why these moms wouldn't be allowed to, to speak publicly. I, I talked to Dr. Nikki Jackson. She is a coordinator of the criminal justice program at Purdue University. She's also the executive director of the Center for Justice and Post-Exoneration Assistance. She's now involved because she's talked to the moms and is trying to sort of help them out with this strange gag order situation. I was curious, you know, she's an expert in all of this stuff. I was curious what she thought about this gag order whether it's fair, listen to what she had to say. So, Dr. Jackson, it's interesting reading through this uh, gag order. I'm not really sure I've ever seen anything quite like it. Um, and what do you make of it? I mean, do, do you think it's fair? Do you think it's unfair? Well, I think the problem with this gag order is that it's not very clear, um, at least to the mothers. They're not sure 
you know, what is expected of them if they are actually considered one of the parties it, that's been reported in the order. So I think there needs to be some clarification. There needs to be some transparency of who these parties are. In terms of Jason's mom, though, um, especially, I mean, she's a really a vi victim in all this. I mean, her son is dead. I mean, don't victims have the right to talk to the media, to, to talk to people? Well, I don't know if they have a right, but I do know that there are other cases where judges have, you know, issued a gag on victims' family members. That said, this particular gag order does not appear to actually gag her, but she was told by somebody that she can't speak publicly about her feelings or she'd be sitting in jail with next to Denver. I mean, this is uh, creating a lot of fear, a lot of stress, tension, trauma to a mother who's already been traumatized. And this is why I think when this order was issued, there should have been at least in my opinion, a meeting with the mothers and explain to them very clearly what this order means. And I don't think that has happened after talking to both of them. So you spoke and that could have resolved that could have actually resolved some of the 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 stress that that they've been enduring, both mothers. So yeah, I mean if you can elaborate a little bit on what you were saying. So you talked to Jen. I mean, did someone try to put fear in her about, about talking about this or? Well, what she's advised me is that someone did phone her and tell her that she can't speak publicly. And if she does, she is gonna be going to jail for 90 days and she will be sitting next to Denver. And this individual told her that he hoped that this wouldn't happen. He had said to her specifically, I hope you know, you, you follow the rules and um, I hope you don't end up in jail for 90 days or you'll be sitting next to, you know, to Denver. That's a, to me, that would seem like a threat. Um, and I'm sure to a mother who is grieving or to any mother, this would seem like a, a threat. She's, she has definitely shared with me that she felt as if, um, you know, she was being threatened with going to jail if she spoke pub publicly, but this order does not, it doesn't ban her from speaking. I mean, as someone who works with victims and as a victim advocate, I mean, how do you feel about that? Is that, I mean, have you ever heard of anything quite like this? I mean, I, I felt, I always feel like they treat these parents, you know, in a very nice way. This doesn't sound like that. So I'm not sure, you know, how they're actually treating her. I can only tell you what her, what she shared her perception is. Um, and I feel as many victims, once they're part of the criminal justice system, their voices are, are lost, just like the defendant's voices is actually lost. So both parties are lost and they're both being represented by either a prosecutor, a defense attorney, um, somebody is representing them. And so their voices get, get, you know, they are actually lost within, within the system. So I think that's a, a problem. I think she's feeling um, fear, you know, understandably. Uh, I think she is feeling a lot of strain. She's she's not sleeping well. Um, and she's already suffered quite a bit. And the same goes with Denver's mother. I don't think she even really understands what is expected of her. And both of these women should be, you know, told very clearly what this order means, why it's even there. I mean, why is this order there? 
this isn't like some big, huge, high profile case, you know, national case. I know you all covered it, but it hasn't received a ton of media attention like the, the Delphi murders, right. you know, which is not so far from us. So I'm not really sure I understand, but it seems like after they came on News Nation and they spoke to other Chicago media outlets, um, that, you know, that folks were, were afraid, it sounds like, that information was going to be spilled. I'm not really sure what information they even have that can be spilled. I was thinking the same thing as you. I mean, we did the story on News Nation. I know it was picked up by a couple of um, local stations. But, I mean, compared to some of these other cases we cover that don't have gag orders, like this really hasn't gotten that much attention. I'm sure there's got to be a lot of potential jurors that haven't even heard anything about it for the most part. Yeah. And, and even if they have heard about it, I mean, let's be honest, you know, you, you go to the Idaho case, the Delphi case, a lot of people have heard about it. They're, we're, we're informed by you, by the media, right? So we already have some knowledge about, you know, who these defendants are, correct? So it's not it, 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 we've got people out there who know about these cases, but that doesn't mean you can't find people who can sit on a jury, you know, the, the prosecutor and the defense attorney will, uh, you know, they'll conduct a voir dire. They're going to interview potential jurors. They're going to talk to them and they're going to be able to hopefully figure out who can sit as a juror and be impartial. And every defendant has a right under the Sixth Amendment to an impartial, you know, jury. They have a right to fair trial. Uh, I guess I should say it. They have a right to fair trial. So at the end of the day, I mean, I don't know if there's ever, especially in today's, you know, information highway, if there's ever going to be, you know, uninformed public. I mean, I agree that we don't want to use the media to, to you know, to try a case. I absolutely believe that. But I also believe that, the media, they show defendants in, you know, um, in their prison clothing or their, excuse me, their jail clothing. They show that their mugshot. We already now as the public have some impression that this person must have done something wrong you know, or they're in handcuffs. So right. there's already this image. So to tell a mother that she can't speak on behalf of her son, whether he's the victim or the defendant, I just feel like that's really it's slanted, you know, favoring the state over over the victim. So my last question, I mean, how do you you've talked to the moms? How do you see this playing out? Is there a way to fight this? Are they um, just going to stay quiet now? Well, I think they have to stay quiet, but I think that, um, you know, both of them should you know, they should retain attorneys who will help them better understand um, what they're, you know, uh, what's expected of them. And I think they should go to the court and ask for clarification so they best understand. You know, I don't understand how any mother who's lost her son cannot say, you know, I'm hurting, I'm grieving to the media, to the public. I, I think she has a right to say what she has said. I don't believe this is murder. That's her opinion. That is her opinion. And she is the mother of the victim. She has, in my opinion, she has the right to say, this is how I feel, right? We all have that right. I mean, we have First Amendment rights. So there has to be, I guess, a balance between the First Amendment and the Sixth Amendment. And I mean, there are studies out there that show that these gag orders aren't even effective. 
they're really not that effective. So why, why do this? Why, why, you know, put these mothers through this? I, I don't understand it. I, and I'm trying to wrap my head around it. Um, and if you're going to issue a gag order, then I think you need to explain to the mothers why. And I would really like to see that judges have to adhere to strict standards before they issue a gag order. Why is it that in some cases there's a gag order, but not in others? I mean, we have a local case right now where there's a teacher who's accused of, of having sex with a student for, for years. And the, the, it's all over Facebook that the, I believe one of the school officials had released part of the phone conversation, the recorded phone conversation between the student and this teacher. And uh, to me, that is biased. I'm not saying the teacher didn't do it, probably did do it. However, there's always a presumption of innocence. And now you've got small town, USA, everybody on Facebook reading this recording, and they've determined, you know, on Facebook that this guy is guilty. Again, probably is, but he still has a presumption of innocence. And so that to me is quite different than a mother saying, this was an accident. I've seen the video, this is an accident. And in fact, Jen, I don't believe Jen went into any details on your show or any show, from my understanding. She just said she doesn't believe this was murder. Okay, so we'll see how this pans out. Um, obviously, we'll be following the case closely with the now murder charge, but also the gag order. And um, again, just a, a, a tragic situation all around. Two young guys who are best friends, one now gone, the other one's life obviously changed forever. The possibility that he could go away for murder, um, it's just sad no matter which way you look at it. So we'll keep an eye on it, uh, and I'll keep you posted um, on News Nation and on Twitter if anything pops up. I'm also working on a big UFO special. You guys know I've been into the UFO topic lately. Um, that's going to be Sunday, next two Sundays at 9 o'clock Eastern. We went out and spent time with George Knapp, who is really like the godfather of UFO reporting. He lives out in Vegas. He broke a lot of the stories initially and has continued to break stories for the last four decades. He's a hard guy to... Um, he doesn't like to do interviews, really. Um, and I really took a long time for me to convince him to come sit down with us and, and give us access to his archives. But we went out to Vegas and did that. And I'm super excited for the, the two-part special. So check it out. The first one will be Saturday night at 9. Uh, and I will uh, talk to you guys later. Thanks for spending some time with me to see what I'm up to next. Make sure to tune into News Nation. And if you don't know where to watch us, just go to www.joinnn.com. You drop in your zip code right there on the channel finder, and it'll show you the broadcast channel we're on in your area. And don't forget, we're on all the streamers too. Hulu, Roku, YouTube TV, and we're also on Amazon Alexa and Apple CarPlay. If you have a story you think that I need to know about, then just hit me up on Twitter. I check all my DMs. You can find me there. And I'll catch you next time on News Nation's Enten Across America.